What's up, Totally Naked Nation? It is your girl, Dom, April, Dante, and we have Jay, who is currently on location at the protest downtown in front of the courthouse. And that leads us into what we're talking about today, strange fruit, injustices, social injustices that are actually taking place in our society today. And we here on the Totally Naked Show feel just like you. We're emotionally tired. We're mentally tired. We're sick of the injustices that are going on. So not only do we want to just talk about it today um, in a safe space for you guys, but we also want to talk about some application things that we can do to help to, you know, make some change. If it's not going to be at least a broad change, at least a change in our community. Um, It's time to stop just talking about it, right? And start to do a little bit of action behind it. And as we can see, Jackson's on location, but you know, even with the site that we see right now for Jack, how does this make you guys feel? I mean, you know, do you feel that the injustices that are taking place in our society today, like how do you feel about those injustices? I don't, Dante, do you want to take it first and then I'll go? Sure. So I feel as though, as obviously, I don't feel great about it. Um, I think that that's a sentiment that we all share. None of us are excited to really have this discussion. I think that um, it causes great concern and unrest, specifically as a black male, um, young black male um, in this community. Um, community being America, um, a land which was supposed to be deemed free, um, and a land where justice was supposed to prevail um, for all people, um, not just a select few. Um, to understand that that notion, never, number one, has never been fully carried out or um, executed, if you will, and as it should have been. Um, is still disconcerting in 2020 that we're still having conversations about black boys, black men, minority people uh, being gunned down or being attacked by police or um, people of the opposite race. So I definitely agree um, that this is deplorable for lack of a better word. And I do feel very strongly about it and I guess I can go into detail about it later but yeah it is very it is very disenchanting and very disconcerting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with Dante fully I mean I definitely don't think that this was something that um, we plan to talk about in this climate especially since we're in you know in the middle of a pandemic a global pandemic not just right. here in the states but um but a pandemic that's in the United States and then to have, you know, the injustices that are, that have been going on start to stir and brew. I think that, you know, covertly these things are hidden from us. And then this um, happening, you know, like, you know, people's eyes aren't necessarily watching. So sometimes these things can go, hidden like we had the young lady that was in Kentucky who was um, murdered by the police in March 
And now we're just now finding out about it. We did not find out about um, Aubrey as well um, until um, well after the fact. And I think that, you know, these things are occurring. If we did not have cameras or video footage to be able to demonstrate and show that the social injustices or um, the injustice that we have when it comes to police brutality among Black African-Americans right now, then this would not be a conversation that we would be having. Um, you know, definitely the protests that are going on. Um, I'm all for protest. Um, I definitely, as a Christian, I struggle with uh, rioting and looting. Um, as a part of the discussion and the resolve that we've come to, unfortunately, you know, I think that everyone managing their emotions when it comes to how they feel about these injustices is not always the same. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, the emotions run high and people uh, demonstrate that hurt and that anger and that frustration in different ways. And although as a Christian woman, I, I definitely do not condone violence. I do not condone theft. I do not condone hurting other po uh, police officers. You know, there are police officers mm -hmm. that are right. out there who are on the floor, who are, you know, who have a good heart. But we also have to know that there is, you know, there's prejudice. Um, and we're in an era where you know, coming out of an election of a, the first African-American president where I didn't think that this would be something that we would be dealing with. However, I think it just unveiled some of those prejudices that were brewing and stirring um, underneath the coals. Um, sometimes when a fire has died out, you, you don't see the flames, but there's still the hot coals. And um, unfortunately, I think that this is just the remnants of stirring the pot. We can yeah. see some of those same deep-rooted prejudices and uh, biases that were there probably all along, but were covert in the justice system. And today's, I mean, today is no different in, in except that um, I think that we're bringing light to it as a, as a group. And something has to change. I agree. No, I agree with that. Something has to change. And that's that's where I am in regards to my feelings about it. I literally have answered, what do you think about what's going on? That question at least 10 times. And at this point, you know, where I stand with it is it's time to get the people that are in the seats that are letting these things slide in our justice system that are turning the the blind eye that share those same racist sentiments it's time to get them on out it's time to get them out and and that's where i'm at i'm i'm just ready for the action at this point not the action of violence and things like that like with the rioting i, I have to agree with you april like i don't necessarily see the point of the rioting i definitely see the point of taking a stand and i definitely see the point of protesting similar to what brother jackson's um on location for during the protest for us right now so i agree but I, i'm ready to see some serious change in the social system in right. the justice system period because it is 
overdue like injustice towards African Americans in this country has been a story that has been being told since the since the time we were brought here from slavery. I mean that doesn't change. However, our reaction to that needs to start changing. And using the knowledge and the technology that we have in this day and age, it's time to get the right people in the seat so we can start seeing equality at the level where the people who can implement the rules um, are on our side, period, point blank. Right. So that I'm just ready to for things to start changing for us as a community to not allow this to die out. We, we can't let it die out like Black Lives Matter died out. We can't we can't let it die out, you know, the same way that we were talking about Trayvon when it happened. Um, and it died out. I mean, we can't let it die out anymore at this point. The conversation and action needs to continue when the news stories stop putting a focus on this primarily. Right. I, I just wonder how... Jax, did you... I, I, I don't know. I just wonder how having the rioting and us pro, like protesting and us being frustrated and emboldened and uh, in this way, does it prevent us from really getting down to how change can effectively occur? You know, um, because like, yes, we can be emotional, we can be enraged, um, we can protest, but what are, you know, are we stirring the attention away from what really needs to take place in order for the injustices to, to end? Like, and what does right. that look like? I know Dante, like, has talked about, about, you know, different ways, but I'm just interested in that. Are we... You, you mean in regards to rioting? Right, not just, yeah, the riots are one thing, and the protests, like, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, but are they, are we taking the attention away from the things that we really need to be doing in order to make real change happen? And how do we make real change happen so that it doesn't die? I think that it starts it starts with self first. I think that you have to make a concerted effort to for yourself to think differently. We talk a lot in this show about perspective. Shift your perspective to really understand what's really happening. If if it's not affecting you or your race, then that's fine, but it's still happening nonetheless. And if you aren't complicit uh, or aren't in agreement uh, with what's happening, then you should say something. Uh, for those that whose race is being targeted, black people, minorities, I do think that there is an, a need for a shift of perspective. First with self, understanding um, why we are where we are, understanding that this is a serious issue um, that is plaguing our community, that will continue to plague our community until we start shifting our perspective and, and thought process regarding issues like this. Um, and then I think the second point is to really get yourself immersed in your community. Your community could yeah. be South Jacksonville where, where I live. It could, my community could be South Jacksonville where I live. It could be Jacksonville, the city of Jacksonville where I, you know, where I live. It could be the nation, whatever. But get yourself involved. I think first it's about educating yourself. 
it's very difficult for you to really protest or advocate about something that you're not educated on. And so you need to educate yourself and be informed. How is How do you become informed? Uh, by voting, by staying alert, not becoming consumed with news and right. media coverage, because I think that that could be a distraction. Um, but educating yourself with the right information. Um, and I'm sure our team will work to put the right information on our website so you all can stay connected and learn the proper ways uh, for you to personally get connected or join this movement so we can kind of eradicate this issue. Um, I think voting is also important to our community. You can never uh, be upset about anything that the government locally, nationally, regionally is doing if you don't vote. Um, and we've noted that in past elections, nationally, locally, uh, we did not, as a community, Blacks, African-Americans, in some instances, did not vote. We recognize that when we do vote, Black women, um, um, young and old, other minorities, when they do go out and vote, it makes a major difference. And so a lot of the issues that you see that may that you may think are not directly related to voting people in office, for instance, the killings that are happening, um, they do end up affecting um, your decision to vote. I know we mentioned maybe uh, in past conversations, maybe offline and particularly online about the census. That is a method of you low-key eradicating this issue um, so that your community is covered and taken care of and supported the right way. There are many organizations that can help you, NAACP, um, other interfaith coalitions that you can be a part of that really work to provide relief to this effort that hold city officials accountable for restorative justice, for ensuring that uh, black men or, or minority minority men and women who were once incarcerated have an equal fighting chance in society once they've been released. That our streets are safe and that city blight does not become an overwhelming issue. Different things of that nature. I think that you have to first, again, just to go back uh, so that I don't talk too much, um, but you first have to change your mindset and recognize that this is in fact a problem. The second thing is you have to Work diligently to educate yourself, um, first by registering to vote, but secondly, uh, researching those those uh, legitimate um, groups and organizations that are really, really working um, diligently to eradicate this issue. Right. Those are my immediate thoughts. So in regards to rioting, right, I feel like when we start seeing the riots, um, that obviously precedes uh, the the peaceful protest is because at that point the emotions are so high. You know, it's 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 like you know, it was okay. So someone gave me this example. They said, you know, black on black crime is an issue, but it does not compare to um, white on black crime, right? And they said because black on black crime that black person will still be prosecuted to the letter of the law and when okay. and they will go to jail for what they have done to the other black person however if the white person killed the black person then their 
they do not get prosecuted to the letter of the law. And that's where it becomes unfair. It becomes unfair because yes, we shouldn't kill each other, but when someone else kills us, we're not even suffering the same, they're not even suffering the same consequence that we would suffer if we kill our own. So, yeah, I, and, 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 let's, and let's not try to be nice with it. It's not unfair, it's racist. It's, I, I don't want to mix words. Me, For me, it's, it's racist. We can't see you. Period. Yeah, we can't see you, Jackson. You bring the camera down so we can see you and hear you. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. And we can see you. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I'm not going to cross words. It's not unfair. It's racist. So, right. and, and that's because the, the people handing down things are. And so I don't, I, I don't want anybody to, to confuse me with being, you know, nice and pleasant about the situation. The system itself was not made for us. And so therefore it's racist and the system needs to change. And that starts right. with, as Dante said, getting those people out that are perpetuating the system. Get them out. I absolutely agree. So I can I can see why rioting can break out because it's like, wait, what? These fools still ain't locked up. These fools still ain't in jail. These fools ain't got, you know, a sentencing date or a court date or nothing yet. You know, why are these people out on bond? Or, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And I think due to the high emotions, people like, ah, stand up. You know, but I think that even in those high emotional times, we need to channel that, channel energy. that emotion, channel that energy, and use that same amount of energy to let's get these people out of office. And that, to me, also starts with let's start teaching our children, the people who can take the offices, like teaching them that it is not anything wrong with being in politics. There's not anything wrong with being on the law in, in law enforcement because if we don't have people in law enforcement that's willing to fight for us, if we don't have people that's in those political seats that are willing to fight for us, we're going to always continue to lose at this battle. Always, right? I agree. I'm like totally in agreement with everything that you know we are saying here. I think that when we talk about the elected officials. I think that that's getting to the heart of the matter. I think that we look at the police and the police have been able to get away with, um, you know, with being able to do some heinous crimes. You look at um, the gentleman, what I think his name is Chavez. I, I'm messing up his name, but that uh, police officer who murdered uh, the, the gentleman this um, weekend or this, this past week. And we see where he's had at least 20 or uh, 20 uh, issues that have been and grievances that have been against him, where he's actually um, had other times where he shot at someone of a different race. And, um, and, and he also had other reprimands. And so then, you know, you have to look and say, why does he get away with that? And that's systemic. Right. I think that when you can look at the root cause, like we like to look at, you know, sometimes what, you know, like the person itself and say, you are the problem, but the problem is the system. And so if right. you feel like you can get away with murder or you feel like you can get away with discrimination and being super aggressive to African-Americans or anyone that's brown, whether they're Latino or, I mean, I think that even in this climate, that other people that have come from other countries as immigrants, like whether that's from India or that's whether that's coming from Brazil, like they're actually able to see some of the explicit racism that African-Americans 
have had to uh, be grown and cultivated in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we feel like immigrants in our own country, um, right. unfortunately. So, but getting to the root of the issue, because it's not just the fact that you have blue, uh, police officers that are in blue that are hurting um, our communities because there are good policing. But there right. are also the reason why a police feels like comfortable with being able to do that is because you know what i'll just get a slap on the hand i'll get right i won't be reprimanded that you know they'll just tell me that okay you're on a leave for a couple of weeks or a couple of days and then i can go back to work as business as usual and you think business as usual i can get away with this you know uh, it it was in the name of the law and if if the laws and i think that you know when it when we look at the history of america and we look at when uh, radical changes or when we had uh, some of the issues that have plagued our, our country when it comes to racism and segregation it has always stemmed from the law it is the law we have to look to our lawmakers and make them accountable no mm-hmm. more looking at saying that you know what you know I'm going to go out here and you know I'm going to burn up, I'm going to burn up the building I'm burning up everything no let, you know let's make these officials hold them accountable and I can be honest with you, government and school for me was not the most interesting topic. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so it was not interesting. And 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 it and it could be. You know, we look at it now, it's like you don't even realize how government is affecting. You know, I look and I say, Oh, there's a African American on the ballot. You know, he'll change things for me. And so then you you vote for this person and not realize is that the right move? If I if you know, like in the case of Barack Obama. You vote, vote for Barack Obama as the president, but if you have a whole cabinet of people that are Republican, he can have all the ideas in the world that could be able to help your community, but and nothing's he's going, going to pass. We have to fight against the legislation, and so we have to understand what government what government is responsible for. So, mm-hmm. what is the judiciary system? Who, who's responsible for that? Who's on there? Who's appointing them? And then also, what are their values? Do they match mine? And so Mm -hmm. when we talk about getting out and voting, it's one thing to get out and vote, but we don't just vote for the most popular thing that we see, which is maybe a presidency or uh, some, um, some, maybe even a congressman that maybe have talked. But we have to look at some of those people, the Senate. We have to look at who's doing, uh, who, who our congressmen and women are. And I think that sometimes we don't know. And so we don't hold them accountable. And so yeah. you have, um, your your laws are not changed. Yeah, and, and too, when it comes to your city voting, because that's where you get your sheriffs from. You know, that's where you get your, you know, people that's in charge of your everyday safety, your everyday lifestyle is where, that's where the city and state voting comes in. And I think a lot of times, And I will say this because it was me. I didn't really understand city and state um, government as much as I did the federal. So for me, it was like, as long as I'm making sure I'm voting for these federal um, elections, then I'm all good. And it wasn't until, honestly, if if I be honest, it wasn't until the situation happened with Trayvon Martin that it really opened my eyes to, wait a minute, like, well, who's the, who's in charge of the police? And who's in charge of, who put this judge on the stand? Who, right, right. those kind of questions I'm starting to ask. And then I'm starting to see, well, wait, I missed that whole election for this judge. I missed this 
whole, you know, and it's like we have to stay on top of those things because the judges, okay, whether they're racist, that that influences it. Whether they can be bought or paid up, that influences it. You know. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, I'm just saying that I totally agree with April that it is very important that we understand not just at the federal level, but also at the city level and at the state level, because that makes a difference. Do you know how many people didn't realize that Jacksonville had its own mayor, that Tampa had its own mayor? People don't even realize that each city is going to have its own representation and then we have a governor who represents the state as a whole right you know i you know yeah, and- but, but just like how just like how april was saying um about those those things being well that, that stuff for me was taught in high school but just like how april says i think a lot of the times um we might see those courses as boring it's and and it's amazing how those boring quote-unquote boring topics are the ones that you really need like economics right. and like government and like like those, those are the ones that really mean something the, the rest of the stuff you can i mean you can at this point the stuff that i've seen on like social media and, and written in places it looks like you can get away with a mediocre english uh level of english and some mediocre math because the computer would do it for you but the knowledge of like government and economics and those type, type of things are things that you really need to um, yes. live successfully day to day. And it's those things that I think that starts at home where we have to put it into the kids about how important it is so that they know exactly what's going on, not just at a city and state level, but also even at, at a district level so that they, they know from, from day to day, these are my representatives, these are the people who I need to call on when I have problems, and these are the people who directly influence my life. Right. Right. I think the right. why. Like when it comes to education, like in general, like you talked about math to be mediocre, English, you know, I, I would say that maybe, you know, you need to be able to read. That was something that was also not allowed and important to African-Americans. And, and it kept us uh, from being able to vote and do a lot of things in America. But that right. is something, a right that you don't want to just allowed to go to the wayside reading and literacy is so valuable because reading those laws are important understanding those right laws. but you know but i do agree that you know there the education component of of understanding that this is important and sometimes it's just knowing the why why right you know and sometimes i'm not you know like as a kid you may not understand you know you may not know to ask why there's some kids that are real curious um and then other times, like, because I got a lot of other pressing issues, whether I'm dealing with poverty, I'm dealing with mom, mom, you know, right. me or not being available or just a, a slew of other things as kids. I just want to play that you don't realize that these things are invaluable and important. And that and definitely when it comes to government, it's, as an African-American male, I would say y'all are on the highest of that list. And then we it trickles down and you got African-American women, you have uh, women in general, you have, you know, homosexuality, all those things, these, um, where these in- inequalities can occur just with people mm-hmm. and humanity. But I definitely think that, uh, understanding what the rules and the laws are, are important and understanding the why behind this, why should I learn about this? And why is it so valuable? Because if I don't know, then people can get away with murder, literally. Yeah. Get and at this point, murder. right. And just like Dante said earlier, we're in 2020. So we are in a digital age of technology. We're in an age of technology that 
none of our ancestors, none of our forefathers, no one had this type of access to. It is time that we rise up and say, we're going to start fighting this thing at a at the le- intellectual level. That way we can start making some, some real change because we can riot, we can protest and it makes some change. But until we start really, like you guys are saying, getting deep down into the nitty gritty and really saying who should be in and who really needs to be out, um, will we start seeing the the real the real change start to um, explode from that? And I and you said something critical and key too, April. You said knowing your why. At this point, black people are fearful. They are afraid. They don't trust in the police system. They don't trust in the justice system. And now it's starting to, that fear is causing us, and I'm going to say us all as a general, you know, black people, like it causes us not to make good decisions, right? Because now we're acting in fear. So when I'm acting in fear, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. You know? know who's in the sheriff's office it's not going to change if i vote or not i gotta do whatever i gotta do to protect me and my son you know people start saying things like that when they're in their fear people start saying my vote doesn't matter my vote does not count i i get what you're saying but that ain't gonna make no difference because they are allowing their fear and also what would input it into them from past experiences people who have been victims of racism that have given them that information, given them that story. And we have to understand that right now we are at a time where it is too critical to just sit back and not educate ourselves to figure out how we could change this justice system. I agree at with this that. point, we have to triumph <laughs> that fear. Right, yeah. right, but the fear is two-sided, though. <laughs> that fear is two-sided because they fear you. Like you look at yeah. a, a, I think that um the, the young man, what's his name? I'm sorry, I'm messing up his name, and I think it's only because I'm talking Floyd George, Floyd George. Mm-hmm. Um, with him, you look at his stature, and he's an African American male, granted, but he's he he had a large stature. You know, he was t- kind of tall, and you know, and there's already mm-hmm. implicit bias about African-American men being an aggressive and, you know, he talks with a stern voice. And so fear Mm -hmm. goes both ways. And so they're coming into a situation already scared of African-Americans because of bias that may not be true. A lot of times are not true. All of us Mm -hmm. are not angry. All of us are not violent. You know, all of us are not trying to steal a purse, you know, and and look, and look. (laughs) Jackson, and he and he like six three, and he did. Okay, you know. So, but then you know, I think that the fear goes both ways, and unfortunately, then that requires some training in cultural um, experiences. You like everyone is not the same. You cannot take that prejudice into your work, and when you do, bad things happen. Absolutely. And an abuse of power because of some, a lot of the times those those people that are, and I'm going to say people in positions of authority, period, because it doesn't stop at just the police officers, the judges, the fact that the, the, the jurors that sit in, in the courtroom, the judges that sit in the courtroom, like all of these people are equally accountable for the killing of our black men and women and for the people that get off 
for the killings. All of those people are involved. And, you know, we can't just be, you know, bump the police. We got to be like, bump the judge, bump the jurors, bump the everybody. And let's get it back in a, let's get it to a place of fairness. Let's get it to a place. And it's not going to be an easy battle. It's going to be an uphill, hard battle, but a battle that must be fought, period. So two things that I want to lift up really quick. Um, I wanted to go back to April. Um, April lifted up systematic racism. And I think that this is something that we really, really don't talk about um, as much as we should. So I want to provide a little bit of statistics for our viewers. And then I want to talk about, I want to go back into education for, for a, just a little bit as well. So did you know that in 2010, um, Race Forward, a media source, um, did a poll, and from that poll, Black Americans made up 13% of the population, but had only 2.7 of the country's wealth. That, that the median, did you also know that the median net worth uh, for white families was $134,000, but the median mm -hmm. net worth for Hispanic families, 14000 Black families, the median net worth, $11,000. Wow. The median wealth for a single white woman has been measured at $41,000. While a Hispanic woman, her immediate net worth was, this is a single Hispanic woman, $140, and a black woman, $120. That is systematic racism. Also, I think it's important to note that black graduates are two times more likely to be unemployed. This is graduates who grad people who graduate from college. Forget if you only go to high school. Black Americans are shown 18% more uh, in terms of fewer homes. I'm sorry, let me let me reiterate that. Black Americans are shown 18% fewer homes. So when you go to look at homes, when you're looking for, when you go to a realtor, that they don't, they don't, Statistically, what has been found is black people, the way black people are treated, the way black people are are encouraged or assisted in that process is much lower than than whites. Black Americans are 30% more likely to get pulled over by the police. Black Americans make up 40% of the prison population. We already know about the school to prison pipeline, so we don't need to go there. Black students are three times more likely to get suspended. Black women are four times more likely to die from childbirth. These are systemic issues in our community. If you want to get involved, you got to educate yourself. Protesting for 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 a, a senseless murder is great, but that's not our only issue. And I think a lot of times why we find these deficits of these small pockets of protest and everything just gets quiet is because we really aren't educated on, on what else is happening and plaguing our community. And all of us, if we lend our attention to one thing, that's great, but there are so many issues. Our women are dying, birthing, are giving birth to our children. Our children are not, are going into class every day and not being clearly educated on their history but on someone else's history. We as, as, as family members, we as villagers, we as parents are responsible, this is my part two, are responsible for educating our children. We can't let, we can't depend on them to do it because they're not gonna do it. 
-hmm. We're allowing the streets. We're allowing social media. We're allowing their friends. We're allowing others to empower and encourage and influence our children. And we have to educate them on what's really going on. That doesn't mean you need to scare your child. We don't want our child children to be polarized by, by what's happening, but we want them to be enlightened. We want them to be influenced the right way. And we want them to know how to handle and deal with the vicissitudes of life. I think it's so important that as we continue these conversations after today and the months, days, weeks, and years to come, that we begin to have a broader conversation and look at the full scope of us as a people. How, what can we do so that our black men, young men and women have an equal chance once they've been employed? What can we put in place as a society, as a black community, so that our young people have a chance to get a job? What can we do as a society so that our mothers who give birth have access to health care? They're able to go, they can afford to go to a doctor's appointment. They can afford an ultrasound to know if there's a pre-existing condition that they may have prior to delivery. <clears throat> what can we do? And I think those are some things in talk when we talk about getting involved or understanding, those are some notions that we should think about. Everybody's not running out to protest in March. You can't expect that to happen. But we can go where we can utilize what we have or the education that we receive or our know-hows, understanding all that plagues us. Right. Really a difference. That's all. I, I I totally agree. Listen, I totally agree. And I appreciate you for those statistics. Those statistics. But, right. Because it is eye opening to say the least. So that means that we need to encourage um, we need to encourage people to, number one, get your education. Don't let that statistic, you know, shut you down from thinking it is not worth it. It is worth it. And when you get in those positions, reach behind you and pull up other african-american people that are coming from your alma mater that are coming from other schools maybe a friend's niece maybe it's somebody at your church maybe it's somebody at the youth center that is looking to get a job and they're stuck working at the youth center you don't forget that we have to not be crabs in a barrel but we have to be like, you ever seen that toy chain of monkeys where one monkey is hanging up and they're all like a ladder, like the monkey ladder? <laughs> we need, instead of, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like you ever see that toy and all the monkeys are hanging off of each other? Mm -hmm. and, and if you lift one of them up, they all go up. And it's like, we need to be like that instead of crabs in the barrel. And with that being said, I mean, it takes us to the application things that we want you guys to take away from what we are saying. And the first thing that I want to point out is don't allow fear to dictate your behaviors, period. Don't be afraid to still exercise. Don't be afraid to drive in your vehicles. Don't be afraid to go to the, to the stores. Don't be afraid to, you know, Take care of the things that you need to take care of because we don't know what some racist, crazy person may do or what some police officer who is abusing their authority 
will do because we can't control that aspect. We can't control what other people think. We can't control what other people do, but we can definitely control what we're going to allow to sit in our spirit and disrupt our lives. Period. So that would be my first thing. Don't, you know, and the way that you don't allow fear to dictate your emotions is don't allow the fear pusher, which is AKA all our news channels, you know, they push fear. Um, don't allow that stuff to sit in your spirit too long. Let it get in your spirit. Think about it, understand it, and then spit out, spit it out and write down the plan. What we're going to do. And let's take action after that. Um, but yeah, that's I, what I would say. Just to piggyback on the fear component, you know, the opposite of fear is love. And so Mm -hmm. there's no fear in love. And when we are operating in love, whether it's, you know, on the opposite side, you're a different race as well. You know, if we can operate in love, you can see someone else and place yourself in their shoes. Then you're also putting yourself in position to be able to eradicate fear because fear will cause you to do stupid things um, and, Mm -hmm. and, and hurt people hurt people. And so you, you mm-hmm. I definitely agree with Dominique on that. Um, but the point that I had outside of fear was that one, that we're in a spirit, it's spiritual warfare as well. Right. So right. it's not just that, you know, I think that we look at the things that are happening in society and we say, you know, we're, I'm, you know what, this is a natural, you know, you need to stop this. You need to don't do this. But I think that when we talk about the spirit of fear, we talk about the spirit of prejudice and pride, that these are things that are spiritual warfare. And so we fight not only against, uh, you know, these, these spirits, but we have principalities and, and wickedness in high places. And so as Christians, that we can use our, our spiritual tool of speaking to these things. We bind mm-hmm. them in the name of Jesus, that they have no place in our community. And we fight in prayer. We fight where prayer, we, we call our prayer warriors onto it. And we're, we're speaking against the negative effects of prejudice and rioting and anger and frustration. And we call those things into love. We call that there's unity in our communities, that we are all together and that the just, that justice prevails. And we speak to those things in the spiritual realm. And so understanding that this is spiritual warfare as well. So it's not just that we're gonna fight people, because it's more than just people. These are people that are operating under demonic forces sometimes. Right. And then just to piggyback off that, we also need to know that although we should definitely be praying, um, prayer is not enough. Just like how uh, faith without works is not enough. Just just being prayerful about things is great. But then after that, your feet have to move. Um, so we have to make sure that we are being a part of those, you know, black lives. A Black Lives Movement um, things that they have that we are part of the different coalitions that they have in your local you know district and your your local places to make sure that you are informed of some of the injustices that are going going on locally because I know a lot of the times the news feeds will feed you the big things but there are still things going on in your backyard that are unjust and we need to know about those things and know how to um and and know how to uh, become a part of that. Also, being out there at the at the rally, I did want to say um, about I want to say twenty percent of of um, of the people out there were not African American, and it was just that's, that's a great thing to see the support out there from other races that aren't black, um, especially right. the Caucasian um, race. Um, and I did not expect that before I went out there. So I mean, it was it was just a a very very good situation. 
Amen. And that's important because sometimes the division, we want to say this is divided and it's a black and a white issue or it's a black and a Latino issue, but we're all in this together. And that's why love is important. Let right. your passion move you. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Dante, do you have a point, a, a takeaway for everybody? I think Dante had I mean, honestly, my, my point still stands the same um, from earlier. Get involved, um, be educated. Um, this is not meant to break us. Uh, we've been through this before as a community. We've been through Jim Crow. We've been through um, the bus boycott. We've been through slavery. We will get through this, but it's gonna take us working together. So I would just say educate, just be educated. First step. As we stated before, register to vote, make sure you complete your census, get involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So that will, you, you know, we're wrapping this conversation up. This was a little bit of a heavier topic. However, it's a topic that needed to be discussed and talk about what action steps that we can actually take. A lot of times we hear conversations, but they're just conversations. It stops right there. So join us join us everybody and apply these 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 action steps and obviously we're going to take it a step further but this is some things that we can start doing right now asap to help make make a change listen thank you so much for joining the conversation with us today like share subscribe we love you and we will be back next sunday with another conversation thanks again everybody Bye. bye bye